Good morning. You know, we are just such a blessed people. We were just singing about the love of God. We could go on with that for a while. Other songs we were singing, just a praise and adoration to our Lord. God is good all the time. Have you ever heard someone say, I just want the truth? I just want the truth. Even though it may appear some people really don't care, I think deep down inside, people, believe, everyone wants the truth. And I think you have a, some difficulty trying to find someone who, who would say, you know, I just don't really care if you lie to me. I think that would be difficult to find that person. People want the truth. For me, it feels like truth became even more distorted since uh, the COVID pandemic. And at times, maybe it's just me, I feel like I'm swimming, swimming through a lake of personal opinions. Just everyone has their opinion about this or that. And you're just never sure when the actual truth comes floating by. Then you switch, and maybe this is just me again, you switch to, uh, okay, I'm going to take what I hear and divide it by two. But you, the problem with that calculation is you just never know if you're going to end up with the truth. And we live in a world where, like I mentioned, personal opinions. But I think we all want the actual truth. A quote from Robertson, truth lies in character. Christ did not simply speak the truth. He was the truth, truth through and through. For truth is not a thing of words, but of life and being. Again, I said a quote from Robertson, end quote. Two things to look at. Jesus Christ, he not only spoke truth, he was truth, and he is truth. And the second thing he said to look at, truth lies in character. Truth is in, in, uh, in life and being. So according to that quote there, truth is reflected in our character. Are you a person of truth? Do others know when you speak, and they're going to hear nothing, they're going to hear truth and nothing but the truth. Yeah, sometimes we tend to joke around, maybe too often, but are we a people of truth? This morning we're going to look at 2 John. You're welcome to turn there. And there are four key words that are in this chapter, this book, I should say. The word truth, which we're going to look at a good bit. The word love. The word walk. And then John switches gears a little bit, and he's going to talk about the deceiver. So, the word truth, as we're going to look at here in a minute or two, is referring to the true gospel message, the absolute truth. Where do we get that? John 17, 17, words of Christ. Sanctify them, sanctify them through your word. Your word is truth. So we can look at, at truth in that box there. Truth is the word of God. Okay, but truth is also signified what is revealed in Jesus Christ. John 14, 6, what did Jesus say? I am the way, I am the truth. So yes, we have truth in our laps this morning, in our hands, but truth is also found, Jesus Christ is the truth. He says, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. A little more on truth. Truth can be that which is real as opposed to that which is fictitious or imaginary. So truth is not something you can imagine. Truth is actual truth. Truth can be depended upon. It's that what does not, it will not fail nor disappoint. So 
as I was sitting in my uh, studying for this, I I was thinking, you know, how can I illustrate truth? And I think we all know what truth is. But I thought for a while that you know what truth is like my laser, and I I carry this laser with me when I when I go out on on, uh, on job to job. And this thing here helps me to uh, shoot grades to see if uh, how far off grade it is. Customers will always ask me, well, how much fill do I need? So I'll take this, set it up somewhere, and check the four corners, and it tells you how far off it is. And this is what I tell people. Uh, so I'll repeat that to you. I tell people, this unit here is, is idiot-proof. And what I mean by that, this one here is self-leveling. Now, I think the, the beams could be above your eyes. I don't want to shine in your eyes. But for right now, I turned it on, and it's leveling. This unit will not spin... If, if it's not level. So it will not speak on truth. You can't hear it, but I can hear it. It's, 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 it's leveling. Just shortly it's going to start spinning, and then it'll, it'll wherever, when you check that beam, that is actual truth. It's the same the whole way out around. And are we like that when we speak? Do we speak in truth and nothing but the truth? Too much light. It's spinning. Would you, you probably, how many people can actually see it spinning? Can you see the... Okay, a couple of you. So now it's level, and if we would check it the whole way around, we could see, you could see exactly where level is. And this, like I said, if, you, if I would take this and just tip it just a tad, whoops, there, if you can see it, it stopped, it stopped spinning. Now you can't hear it again, but it's starting to re-level. You go back down to where it was, and before long, it'll start spinning again. So you think, you know, of being always speaking absolute truth and also knowing the truth, which, by the way, I skipped over that, is the title of the message this morning, Knowing the Truth. Truth is faithfulness to a standard. What is our standard? It's found in the Word of God. A quote from man, Keep one thing forever in view, the truth. And if you do, though it may seem to lead you away from the opinion of men, it will assuredly conduct you, conduct you to the throne of God. So the writer was aware that truth may not always be popular opinion. And I think if we were old enough to understand that. But he did conclude that truth will lead you to the throne of God. Where I trust each one here this morning, that is our final destiny, is it not? We're just here today <coughs> for a short period of time temporarily living here until we meet Christ face to face. Nothing that is truth will ever conflict with the message of the Bible. A little more on truth. And so we go to John 8, 32, Jesus speaking, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So now we learn real quickly that the word of God is truth. Jesus Christ is truth. And when we know that truth, what's going to happen? It's going to set us free. But the key phrase in that verse of John 8, 32, is to know the truth. This morning, folks, do you know the truth? Do you realize the blessing that the child of God has? So the message we're going to look at this morning is for those who believe in Jesus Christ, for those who know him, for to know him is to know truth. And that, the key, the, the ingredient, the main ingredient lies in that very thought, and that is, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Are you studying to learn more and more about Jesus Christ? Do you have a desire for him or something else sidetracking your attention this morning? Where are you at? Are you focused on the word of God or something else that's stepping in and distracting you from the truth? What we want to look at this morning is this. Knowing truth followed by walking in love will keep you 
from becoming deceived by false teachers. Which is what we have here in Second John. So a little bit of a background on, uh, on the time that John wrote this to help us understand why he wrote in the way that he did. In the first century, you had the traveling uh, apostles and teachers uh, of the faith. They, they were co- often found lodging with other fellow Christians as they passed from town to town. So they had um, these people who were just traveling from town to town, speaking the truth of the gospel, and they would get to this town, let's say Myers Town, and they would find your house, and that's where they would stay for, the, for uh, as long as they were there. For example, uh, if you remember in, in Acts 16, Lydia hosted Paul and his travelers as they, as they were, uh, were, were traveling through town. And that's the exact example of what we see here. And because in, during that time, church was often held in people's houses, if you welcome a visiting traveler into your house, you obviously included him in your Sunday morning service in the Assembly of Believers. So while this was happening, while the true teachers were traveling from town to town, there were also false teachers traveling about and spreading the grow in heresy that Christ did not come in the flesh, which we're going to see in verse 7. So John's instruction to them is clear in verse 10. If anyone comes to you and does not bring the teaching of Christ, do not receive him into your house. A strong statement. And I I think this morning we all agree that uh, hospitality is a key ingredient in the Christian life. We're called to be hospital people, to reach out and help others. But as we're going to see here in a few minutes, the hospitality has its boundaries. So that's just a little bit of a background as we jump into verses uh, 1 through 3. The first point is grace, mercy, and peace. Verses 1 through 3, 2 John. The elder unto the elect and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also they that have known the truth. For the truth's sake which dwelleth in us and shall be with us forever. Grace be with you, mercy and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father in truth and love. So yes, there we see it repeated. Truth, truth, truth. Knowing the truth. So we, he starts out here electing her children. And as I was studying, there come up some varied opinions. Some people say, well, this was referring to an actual Christian woman and her children, which would be the literal meeting. Others were saying, well, this was the possibility could be a gentleman referring to a local church body and the elect lady as its members and her children. So we could look at it either way. But as we move on, his praise for this group of people was quite impressive. Verse 1, he is writing to those who he loves in the what? Yes, he loves in the truth. John was one with these people in, his, in their relationship with the Lord and also in their knowledge of Scripture. Remember what I said, Jesus Christ is truth, the Word of God is truth. And John was with these people in this respect of truth. He says, the truth that dwells in us and will be with us forever. You know, praise the Lord. We have that truth within us. Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, dwells within our hearts. will be there as long as we do not reject him. will be with us forever. He goes on in verse 3. Grace be with you. What is grace? Grace is God's favor to us. It's getting from God what we do not deserve. And he's pronouncing grace upon his people. We didn't earn it, neither did we deserve it. He goes on and says, mercy and truth be with you. Mercy mercy is withholding judgment. It is not getting from God what we actually do deserve. So he opens this in a very uh, 
fascinating way. Grace be with you. Mercy and peace. Peace is a harmony that results when we are in tune with God. And also, peace is also the freedom from uh, anxiety and panic. You know, he's just saying, grace be with you. Mercy and peace. John's words in introducing this, this book here. Second point, that first one was quite short. The second point, walking in truth and love and obedience. Let's read verses 4 through 6. I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth, as we have received a commandment from the Father. And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is his commandment that ye, as ye have heard from the beginning, ye should walk in it. He rejoiced greatly when he seen people doing what? Walking in truth. So they knew truth and they were walking in it. That's why he said he was one with them in word and in the, in the knowledge of the Lord, of the Lord and of the, the Bible. He is one with them. They are walking in the truth. Walking in truth is to order our lives by the teachings of God's word. So are we walking according to the teachings of God's word? Or are we using the word of God as our standard? How do I make it? Which way do I turn here? And we look to the word of God and we find direct direction. Walking in truth means having an authentic relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, the word of God, Jesus Christ, truth. They're one. They're together. So are we walking in the truth here? Are we walking with Jesus Christ? Do we have that close and personal relationship with him? Our walk with the Lord, if genuine, must be based upon his word. So we look to Psalm 119, 133. Order my steps in thy word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. So walking in truth is what? It's walking in sound doctrine. Remember what I said with the laser, no untruth there. When it's spinning, we got truth. Is that you and I this morning as we are walking in our lives? We know what we believe, and we're not ashamed of the gospel. On the flip side, Satan doesn't believe how much, doesn't care how much truth we believe as long as there's some air mixed in with it. Why? Because he likes confusion. So he don't care if you believe all this much truth as long as you allow a little bit of air, and that will cause a confusion. He thrives on that, but that doesn't work. That will lead us to being lukewarm believers, for we cannot serve two masters. So those who walk in the truth are not walking blindly. When we leave here, we're not going to put masks on. I'm sorry, not over here, but up over our eyes and walk around. We're not walking blindly. We're not walking in unfamiliar territory. And we're not going and unsure of where our destination is. Jesus Christ is the truth, and those who have made a decision to follow him are walking confidently in the truth. Is that where you're at this morning? You're walking confidently in the truth. You know the truth. You know what the Word of God teaches. And you know exactly where, and you're walking in obedience to his word. Not only on the Sabbath, but each and every day of our lives. Integrity and credibility are falling by the wayside in our world today. And many times it's difficult to know what to believe or who to believe. Now that's talked about in the world. But God's people, that's you and I this morning, are to be models of those who stand firmly on the side of truth. I remember, and I might have shared this before, I come back to the office one time, and, and the guys in the office said, oh, so-and-so called. Okay. And he said that you said thus and thus and thus. I don't remember the details. But before I could even comment, they said, yeah, I know you didn't say that. And I don't remember what he said. And that's not to brag up 
for me to brag upon myself, but for you as well. If somebody says, uh, did you know that Ray said thus and thus and thus? I would say, well, no. I know Ray did not say that because Ray would not say that. And it's the same way with each one of us. Are we walking in the truth? Are we staying what is right, speaking the truth? We have the word of God in our hands. Take it and pattern it after our lives. So think about a young boy uh, at a sports event, if I can use that here this morning, standing beside his, his favorite athlete. And there's a couple cameras there. And he, this is a, a once-in-a-lifetime experience. He's going to get a camera, a picture with his favorite athlete. He's thrilled for the moment, standing tall there with an enormous smile and putting on his absolute best. Now that's on the sports side of things. Now, as we go through life, we're standing beside Jesus Christ. Are we putting on our absolute best? Are we standing tall with a smile, standing firmly on truth, and not allowing anything to distract us? I started out by saying that we're a blessed people, and we're talking about the love of God. And the blessings of God are abundant. They will never run out. But he's looking to you and I. He's looking directly at our hearts and says, you know, I want you to have a pure heart. Are we there this morning? Are we walking in love? Moving on. He reminds us that to walk in love is not a new commandment. This commandment was given uh, from the beginning. What does real love involve? Unselfish giving, caring, sharing. We can show genuine love by accepting other people, listening to their concerns, which is the big one, helping and serving, and refusing to get involved in harsh judgment. So Jesus told us how to love in John 15. He set the example for us to follow. John 15, 12 through 14. This is my commandment, that ye love one another. How? As I have loved you. He goes on. Greater love uh, hath no man than this, referring to himself, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Then he said, you are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Are we walking in love? Our, Our walk with God is based upon his commandment to love one another. As we go about throughout the work week, we're showing love one for another. Love is an unlimited resource readily available to us, and it's tremendously effective in, furthering, in the furthering of the work of Christ. Are we walking in love according to Scripture? It goes on, walking in obedience. Are we walking after His commandments? You know, when we are committed to God's truth, and when we walk in love, for God and our fellow man, obedience will automatically follow. Love and obedience go hand in hand. So what it is when you obey, what are you doing? You're performing the will of another. So in our spiritual lives, obeying is fulfilling God's will. So back up a little bit. Knowing the truth, followed by walking in love, will keep us from being deceived by these false teachers. So remember John 1, 5 uh, 1 John 5, 2 and 3, by this we know that we love the children of God. How is the love uh, for uh, this we know that we love the children of God? How is it proven when we love God and do what? And keep his commandments. When we walk in obedience. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. So there's another way that there come, the attitude falls in. Are we obeying uh, grudgingly or willingly? And as we saw earlier, Love is not a new command. And then here we see that love is obedience. So our obedience is driven by our love for our Heavenly Father. So we love God, we are going to obey Him. We have the desire to please Him, and we want to please Him. We're not forced to obey, but rather we obey from our heart because of our love and connection. So the love and obedience go hand in hand. 
And on the flip side, unbelievers find God's commandments burdensome because they lack the presence of the Holy Spirit within their lives. Another blessing that we as children of God have. God is living right within us. Love and obedience go hand in hand. And it's through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives that we can find that source of peace to continue the life of obedience. Again, the work of the Holy Spirit. So we just saw that obedience is doing the will of another. And too often we see a disobedience caused by what? Caused by selfish desires. And when that happens, we try to step around God's will and go on my way. Which is why Jesus told us we are to put our will to death and serve him. Are we walking in love and walking in obedience? A quote from Donald Adornball. The important thing is unspoken obedience to all Christ's commandments, even if they seem insignificant. So we're not making the commands. We're just called to be obedient. Unspoken obedience. He continues, faith in Christ produces obedience and submission to all his words and commandments. Do you notice what's happening here? The progression, faith in Christ produces obedience. Our faith in Christ produces submission. So faith in Christ, knowing the truth, is going to produce obedience and submission to his, his commands. And I look at that, it's such a beautiful transformation. Folks, a wholehearted desire of God will lead us even yet closer to God. A wholehearted desire for God will lead him even yet closer. And when that happens, you're going to experience one transformation after another. And many here this morning have experienced this already, but this is what's going to happen. You're going to go from darkness to what? To light. You're going to go from hatred to love. You're going to go from filth to purity, from anger to kindness, from bitterness to peace, from a dirty life to an unblameable life as we can read about many times, from lies to truth, from the pathway of hell to the holy highway to heaven. It's a transformation that takes place when we open our hearts to God and say, God, lead me where you want me to go. We open our arms wide and said, here I am, Lord, send me. A quote from Menno Simons. <clears throat> Drew is not here this morning. Drew made a comment. If somebody gets up and reads a whole paragraph, they lost me. Well, he's not here. But this, this quote from Menno Simons is, uh, I think he's preaching a Shenandoah. This quote from Menno Simons is more than a paragraph. Bear with me and listen carefully. Menno Simons, true believers show an act and deed that they believe, are born of God, and are spiritually minded. So this is speaking to myself as well. As, as true believers of God, this is what we are showing. And I'm going to ask the question at the end of this quote, did Menno Simons describe you? True believers, I'm going to repeat, show an act and deed what they believe, are born of God, and are spiritually minded. He goes on, they lead a pious, unblameable life before all men. They are baptized according to the Lord's command as proof and testimony that their sins are taken away through Christ's death and that they desire to walk with him in newness of life. They break the bread of peace with their beloved brother as proof and testimony that they are one with Christ and with his church and they have no other means of grace and remission of sins than the innocent body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ alone, which was shed upon the cross for us poor sinners. They walk in love and mercy and serve their neighbors. And of course, he does this for us to help us all. In short, they order their lives in their weakness according to all the words, commandments, 
ordinances, spirit, rule, example, and measure of Christ as the scriptures teach. And I ask you, did Meadow Simons just describe your character and your lifestyle and mine as well? Are we walking in truth, in love, and obedience to the word of God? I can't get done talking about what we started here with the blessings that God has for us and the love of God and more things that we were singing about. He will withhold that from no one who takes this, the truth of his word, and walks right here. Along with that, they have in their heart that Holy Spirit, and they love the Lord and desire more and more of him. Who would not want to follow the Lord Jesus Christ? There is nothing else that will lead to eternal life. No other way, Jesus said. The only way to the Father is through me. We cannot truly love uh, in the 1 Corinthians 13 sense unless we are walking in obedience with the Lord. You know, uh, 1 Corinthians 13 is an amazing walk. Amazing walk. But we can't, it's impossible without first walking in obedience with the Lord. Love and obedience are a result of the Holy Spirit's work in the life of a believer. Obedience and love are inseparable. They're all one. So we, we obey because we love, right? And one is a result of the other, obedience and love. So it's kind of like one unit in our character. So if someone says, well, sir, are, are you obedient? Yes. Well, do you love? Well, why would you ask me that? They're all together, if you understand what I'm saying. Obedience and love are together. As Jesus taught in John 14, 15, what did he say? If you love me, keep my commandments. You show you love me if you keep my commandments. And when you obey me, you're showing that you love me as well. We're going to move on here. Uh, verses 7 through 11, third point, avoid false teachers. So I mentioned earlier, he kind of shifts gears here. Talking about love and obedience. Verse 7. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Verse 8. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresses and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ, he hath, hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son, the curse and the blessing. If there, come, if there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God's speed. For he that biddeth him God's speed is a partaker of his evil deeds. Right on the heels of teaching us how to walk or telling us how to walk, John switches the subject. So, so far we learn that knowing the truth and followed by walking in love will keep us from becoming uh, deceived by false teachers. And we're aware, many deceivers are in the world. And this here we have a warning against those who do not believe in Jesus Christ. He calls them antichrists because they deny the physical reality of Jesus Christ. What are they doing? If we can narrow it down to one sentence, false teachers blur truth with their teaching. Lies will blur truth. And anything other than truth will blur truth. Which is why we need to be like the laser and just work when we're right, when we're truth. An antichrist is a person who is actively working 
to attack the person and work of Jesus Christ by deceiving his people. Actively. That, that, that is their goal. That is their, their, their focus. They have the, the spirit of deception is what qualifies false teachers to be labeled as antichrist. You get that? Just trying to deceive. And what John was writing about, these people were going about trying to convert John's readers to their false beliefs. They did not believe that the body of Jesus Christ was actual flesh and blood. And they were teaching that his body was only a spiritual body. But we go to the Gospels, and what we can read about Jesus' walk on earth is clear to us, I I certainly hope so, that he was fully human and at the same time fully divine. So do we have false teachers of our day today? We do. The Jehovah's Witness and the Mormons, these cult groups, they usually attack the deity of Christ. Then they either lower him to the level of man or take man and raise him to the level of Christ. Along with that, their founders and their leaders often claim that they have unusual revelations from God. Be aware. Be on your toes. They believe that their special group has the real truth about Christ and about God. Brothers and sisters, you have the real truth on your laps. And this is what we need to compare their teaching with. But what makes them so deceiving is that they're talking about Jesus Christ and the Father God. But again, the hidden truth is that they do not recognize Jesus as fully God and fully man. How do we handle this type of deception in our world today? I told you to go out there and walk as children of light and walk in love and obedience. But you can't just walk open-minded. You also have to be aware of what is around you. So how do we handle deception? The first one I have here is know the truth. I think I mentioned before, we need to know the truth. There is no darkness found in the gospel truth. Know the truth and compare their content with Scripture. So your knowledge and my knowledge of God will prevent us from deception. How do you know you're going to be deceived? We prevent you from deception if you know the Word of God. Following the speed limit signs will prevent you from getting a speeding ticket. What is that? That's obedience. Your knowledge, uh, when Jesus said to know the truth, he was not indicating that a half-hearted attempt will be acceptable. Psalm 119, we'll go back here again, verse 11. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. This morning, folks, are our hearts full of the word of God. The second thing we need to do about this deception, verse 8. Look to yourself. Be on guard against these seducers. Be alert. Be watching. Are we alert and watching as we go out through life? Did you ever drive when it was uh, going down the road and it's extremely foggy? This is what I do. I tend to lean front in my seat trying to get a better look. And then you grip the wheel at 10 and 2. Is that correct? 10 and 2 where you're supposed to grip the wheel when you're driving. And you just stare. And you know better than to blink because you might come up on a car. And you don't let nothing distract you. If the phone, if the phone rings, you just let it ring. And you just continue driving with it, just with this stare. And then when the fog finally clears, you'll breathe a sigh of relief and keep on going. That is what we need to do when we're talking about these false teachers. Are we aware of what is around us? Are we on our guard? Do we know what, this, what the Word of God is teaching us? Are we able to discern between truth and error? 2 Timothy 3.13, but evil men and seducers are going to do what? Wax worse. But he says worse and worse. And then they're going to deceive, yes, and being deceived. We need to be aware of, brothers and sisters, deception will abound. How do we counteract 
Jesus said, John 8, 31, he said to the Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then what? Then you are my disciples indeed. This is why we compare scripture with what they are saying. Are they teaching sound doctrine? What happens if we, when we, uh, Christ wants us to be victorious according to 2 Peter, but it's in the end of verse 8, it says that we receive a full reward. Uh, Local service will win a full reward. Every believer has the potential of a full reward or a complete loss. Every believer has the potential for a full reward or a complete loss. The determining factor is our faithfulness to Jesus Christ. So if you're going through life haphazardly, half-heartedly, I ask you this morning, beware. But if you're taking your daily devotions and reading God's word and applying it to your heart and to your lives and walking in the truth you will have, meet your full reward. The question is, do you know the truth? Be on guard, verse 8. Look to yourself. Do not lose that which you have been taught. Remain faithful to the end and gain the crown. Cling to the truth. Cling to the Bible. And what I see here is steadfastness shouting from the rooftops. Place your faith and your trust in the Lord and stand in awe of the victory that he has promised for you and I. My devotions earlier... Was this week or last week, I read through Deuteronomy 28. And if you go there, you can read 14 verses on the promises of blessings for obedience. 14 verses, God saying, if you obey, I will do this, this, and this, and this. And then 14 verses is followed by 53 verses of the promise of curses for disobedience. Is that alarming? No, we know that. 14 verses say, brother and sister, if you obey me and walk in my footsteps, I will bless you to the, and without limits. But brother and sister, if you disobey me, 53 verses on the blessings of curses, or the promise of curses for disobedience. And that helps us understand what we see back there in verse 5. He's not writing something new, but that which we heard from the beginning. God will bless those who are faithful. If you're a faithful brother or sister here this morning, God will bless you. From one of the Beatitudes, bless of the pure in heart. And what is the following blessing? Bless of the pure in heart for they shall see God. Do we get the point? Thank you, sister. Bless of the pure in heart. You have a pure heart this morning? God says you are going to see his face. But Deuteronomy says, 53 verses, if your heart is not pure, he gives us, I'm not going to go back there and read that. You can read that on your own. So that beatitude there is similar to verse 8. Know the truth. Walk in love and obedience and prepare for eternal life. The song came to my mind, this world's not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Moving on to verse 9. The doctrine of Christ, referring to the teaching that Jesus Christ was the Son of God come in the flesh which was what the deceivers were working at. Those who hold this teaching have true fellowship with the Father and with the Son. And here we see the clear difference between the true teachers and the false teachers. Brothers and sisters, it's what they believe about Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning saying, well, Jesus Christ were to come in the flesh, uh, we need to pray for you. Read the Gospels. Read the Gospels. Over and over again, Jesus sat down and took and ate. Jesus took time to go to pray. And we can go uh, read more and more. He came in the flesh. He is fully God and fully man. Then we get to verse 10, which I talked about a little bit earlier. And we see the hospitality stop sign. Do not welcome those who do not believe that Jesus Christ is, not, is the Son of God and come in human flesh. 
Do not support them in any way. Do not open your home or your church to false teachers because that will actually constitute an endorsement of their teaching and it continue to help them spread their deception. So what's the proper response? Reject them. Strong statement. Someone come to you and not teaching uh, the truth, reject them. He takes it a, a, a step further in, in verse 11. If we bless a false teacher and send them on their way, wishing them success, those who do that are equal assistance in their evil doctrine. Reject false doctrine. In conclusion, it is so important that we know the truth. And I don't doubt that there's someone here that does not. But take the time, immerse yourself in the word, know the truth, know the truth. We need to know what we believe. We need to be confident in our belief, and we need to know what the word of God is teaching. If this world is not our home, are we preparing for our new home? Are we on guard against false theology? Are we standing on the solid rock? Are we walking in love and obedience? Do we know genuine truth? To know truth is to have a close relationship with God and be familiar with the Word of God. Are we there? For me, I'm still working on it. The, the spiritual life is a journey, and we're, we're still going there. A few weeks ago, I sat in a, uh, a Bible quiz. Uh, Megan was, was quizzing at, at uh, Refreshing Mountain. And what they did, they took a number of verses, a couple chapters, and the, the students had to memorize them word for word. So if, if they get up and they say, what does, uh, what does verse 8 say? And you say, look yourselves, that we lose not. You got fly because it says look to yourself, word for word. And we had just uh, all kinds of teams competing. They needed to know it word for word, basically forward and backward. And they get quizzed on this. You sit beside another team. You've never been there. And whoever answers the question gets points. And if you miss a question, you get docked and so on and so forth. That's the short end of the story. But they studied and studied. And then when they're done with that, they studied some more. And even, the, even as they were sitting there waiting for them, their turn to go up, they kept on studying. Diligent. Diligence. And are we there in our Christian walk? Are we taking our spiritual life seriously? <clears throat> as we go through life? Or is there something distracting us? And I trust there is not. Brothers and sisters, again, just to conclude, knowing the truth followed by walking in love will keep you from being deceived by the false teachers. Let's pause for a word of prayer. Father God, we just come before you here this morning with thankful, grateful hearts for all that you have done for us, God. And we recognize that we are a blessed people. And we thank you, Lord, how your word tell, uh, instructs us that obedience will produce blessings from you and disobedience will, will, the promise of curses are there. Help us, Lord, to be obedient to your word. Help us to memorize scripture. Take it to heart and make that a top priority in our lives as we go on through our, our spiritual walk with you. May we be walking in truth and love and obedience. May we know truth and know you, Lord, and have you in our hearts as we go throughout our days. Lord, help us just to be faithful to the day that we can meet you face to face, the day which is rapidly approaching. Lord, may we be ready for that day. Lord, this world is not our home. We're just passing through because our treasure is in you, God. And be with us, guide us, and direct us as we go through our days and to the day that we come face to face with you. Lord, give us wisdom and direction as we go forth. In your name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen.